Hello, and thank you for tuning into the show. A quick caveat before you dive in. This was recorded pre-COVID-19. The views, the ideas, the conversation that was shared, the perspectives were all done in a pre-pandemic world. So please listen to the show as there's some fantastic information and some great takeaways. Just know that it was recorded before the pandemic that has ultimately changed all of our lives. Thank you for listening. Keep learning, keep curious, and keep supporting our community. Hello and welcome to Collisions YYC. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Today on the show, I sit down with Mr. Nicholas Bick. Nick's the founder and CEO of Helsum. Helsum is a Calgary-based fintech company that manages payments for businesses on a global scale, and they compete with some of the largest players in the industry. Nick started the business over 12 years ago and has grown to over 60 people in the last, in the last specifically over the last five years. He talks about being a tech startup in Calgary. He gives us his perspective on the economy, culture, growing talent from within, and how optimistic he is about the road ahead, as well as share some of what he believes are indicators that we're on the right track, and they might not be what you think. Join me for a great conversation with Nicholas Bick. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? I'm really good. And you are from Helsom. Correct. Let's dive right in. What is a Helsom? So what is a Helsom? <laughs> a Helsom is, um, so we're a payments company. So if you're, you know, think of us as a competitor to uh, Moneris or Stripe or Square. So if you're a small, medium-sized business, you're looking to accept card payments, um, we provide you with a uh, friendlier, cheaper, smarter option. Okay. Because you're comp- those are some big players. Yeah. we're. I mean, it's kind of fun, right? You get to be the underdog um, competing with some monsters, essentially. Uh, but no, we, we've done well. We have uh, 60 staff here in Calgary. Uh, we service uh, almost 7,000 customers across Canada and the U.S. And We've got some big plans ahead. That's fantastic. And so being the underdog, we, you and I both share a Montreal background. So mm-hmm. maybe that little bit of scrappiness comes in handy. <laughs> yeah, it does. I think, I think um, you know, it's funny because there's been a little bit of rhetoric between you know, Alberta and, and Quebec recently. Yes, there has. Yes. And yes. it's funny. It's kind of like, you know, you, you watch a movie and then you have two characters that are, um, that are you know, fighting each other, but they don't realize how close they are to, like how similar they are to each other. Well, that's a cool perspective, actually. And you have, um, you know, you have Alberta and and. Quebec and you know super entrepreneurial um hard-headed <laughs> yep. um you know super passionate both have kind of resource uh based industries or at least certainly came from backgrounds of that mm-hmm. um and whenever things aren't going their way they kind of rattle their sabers and say we're leaving so i mean like you know <laughs> they're, they're just a lost twins that don't realize how close it they was are, so. uh it was is interesting for me when i started hearing some of this wexit talk and separation and it brings back a lot of like living through living in quebec during that time i think i was going to john abbott out in the west island at right. the time and coming home and watching the referendum of like what's going to happen in the big pro canada rallies downtown and all of a sudden i hear it here and it immediately kind of creates this visceral yeah. reaction in me I don't, I don't know like it's not fun because it's like um you you know i very much see myself as a canadian um and when you see you, you just you feel like you're something you're part of something bigger and that my in my personal initial reaction is just like don't take that away from us you know don't take that that what everything that is amazing about being a canadian you know, it's almost like, how dare you? Yes, even Sa- even sacred sh- sacred ground. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, <clears throat> you know, if you're, I think most people would say that they're they're very proud to be Canadian, regardless of the politics and everything like that. Yes. It's something to be super proud of. And when somebody kind of 
even come even starts talking or discussing you know jeopardizing that you have this kind of visceral reaction which is great i think sometimes we 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 lack a little bit our neighbors to the south do much more with the the, the pride raw raw yeah absolutely which sometimes too far and of course yeah. these canes are like well you need to just you know come on dial it back a bit yeah. but there is sometimes where i'm like you know we need to take a page from there like a pride and yeah. like and like with a little bit of you know put a little energy behind it exactly so you moved to Alberta uh, you talked offline you moved to Alberta back in 96 yep as a, as a very young man so you came here with your family and how did you find your way into into health 12 years that's a significant period of time to invest in to grow, be growing something yeah so um, I mean so yeah I came here 12 the number 12 just repeats so I came here when I was 12 years old okay um, and that was interesting I mean it was it was um English was my second language. So I didn't know English at all. So English, you know, so it, it felt... They threw you right in the deep end of the pool. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to uh, make the claim that it's, you know, the same... I can't, I can't claim to know what it feels like coming from a totally different country and being uprooted and then just dropped in Canada. But I, I feel like I've had a, a little bit of experience in it in terms of, okay, family gone, friends gone, language gone, and even the culture is a bit different. And all of a sudden, you're just like, okay. And and for the first year um, being here, um, because I didn't know English, and uh, people thought I was Spanish, or you know, like I, you know, you get, yeah, I got different, not so nice nicknames and things I'm, like that. Yes, so. I'm quite. And at twelve, that can be a rough, yeah, exactly, yeah, be a right? rough period of time to be the new kid. But I think that actually that that really shaped me in terms of um, just being you know this mindset of like okay i gotta build everything even at that young age i gotta build everything from scratch right and i think that kind of i never thought about entrepreneurship when i was young right but somehow the second i got here and kind of experiencing all that it's like okay i want to i want to make my own thing i want to build my own thing and well just a level of resourcefulness and self-reliance maybe yeah no i think that's a great but way to just, look at you it you didn't yeah. have a choice <laughs> exactly yeah necessity is the mother of all uh, <laughs> yeah it yeah. just lights a good fire yes it, yes, it does so Interesting you say, so many entrepreneurs I talk to, no one, you know, sat with, I joke, sit with your guidance counselor, you tell them you want to be an entrepreneur, they send you to like special remedial program. <laughs> but yet it's become quite the trendy, you know, yeah. being an entrepreneur now is more popular and I think it's great because it's very, it's very empowering. It's maybe not for everybody, but it is right. sexy from the, yeah. from the outside. So obviously we'll get into your path kind of as we talk, diving right into the topic of the topic of the day, economic transformation. 12 years ago when you decided to start this, it was a very different landscape in Western Canada and Calgary than it's been the last five years. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, we consider ourselves tech, we're fintech or payments tech or whatever you want to call okay. it. And it's one of those things where it was very underground. Like tech was, everybody that graduated, you know, from university just went to get a good oil and gas job if they could. Right. And tech was, I mean, people are just going like, what are you doing? Like, was, it, Did they even call it fintech 12 years ago? No, no, no. I mean, yeah, it was yeah, just... No, that's the, yeah, just thinking about 12 it, years ago, it was like three, four cycles ago. <laughs> exactly. You wouldn't even call it a startup at that point, right? It's just like, I'm going to start a small business and... Even the term startup, you're right. That's yeah, a relatively new trendy term. It is. And and it's so, even you know, the whole raising capital and all and all those things, it, wasn't, it was just like, okay, you start a small business, you try to find a client, you try to get a little bit of cash and kind of grow it, right? Um, and you know, so we're a bootstrap company, um, like a lot of Calgarians are. And I think that came from just the ecosystem. I think say California was a lot of, you know, ahead obviously. Right. So for them, startups and and early angel investors and all that stuff was a a thing for us. It wasn't, I think for a lot of of small businesses in Calgary, it was was just a good old fashioned starting a small business, scraping together your pennies. If you don't land that next client, you might not be able to get forward, but you do and you keep going and that's the way it was. And when you're really in trouble, you, you know, beg friends and family and and hopefully something happens. Stretch the credit cards, all those stories we hear. Exactly. That's an interesting way to think about it versus how more 
trendy and, and cool it is now to do your Series A and to do you know everyone yeah. talks with a very different lingo. Yeah, and it, it is it is trendy. I mean, it's it's um, I don't I don't think everybody quite knows what they're getting into. It's kind of like an Iron Man being trendy. It's kind of like okay, but you're about to get in a whole lot of pain. Yeah. Um, but that's that's entrepreneurship, right? But we so. see that we see that we we're very we're very good as humans as glamorizing the shiny bits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and saying, oh, it's, I want that. Well, yeah, we all want that, but you yeah. didn't see it. part of even why I do this podcast is to talk to people like let's talk about what got you to that exactly <laughs> and that's and it's very seldom glamorous and there's usually a lot of skin knees in the process so did you start was it pretty did you find success early in, in the business did it kind of take off or was it literally like people everyone asking you what the hell you're doing but you're like no I believe in it and I'm going to keep driving forward oh no it, I mean it, so to give you a scale of things so we've been doing this for 12 years um, five years ago there was two of us and okay. not many clients yeah. um, and now there's 60 of us so we've really found our groove in the past five years, which means the first seven was just running around in the dark, trying to find direction, you know, having no idea what we we're doing. So. Seven years is some good resolve. It, it is. And I mean, part of it came from, um, I think when you're young, I started a business when I was 23. Um, all you have is time. You don't have money. You don't have connections or resources or anything. Time and enthusiasm. Exactly. And so, you, you know, it, it's a bit cliche, but nobody has told you yet that, that this is a bad idea. You're wasting your time. You probably wouldn't believe me if they did. No, you just, yeah. especially at that age. What do you know? I exactly. Know. Yeah. You're, you're, you're much, you're ironically more confident at that age because you're just. Well, the, the ignorance is bliss. Exactly. <laughs> I say ignorance in a very kind way. Yeah. But you're right. If I knew what I knew now, would I do it differently? Probably. I don't know. But you know, then you miss all the experiences that you have along the way. So when you think about this economic transformation, da, 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 mm-hmm. the big buzzword that's floating around, <clears throat> for you guys, it sounds like things... Has, have you been affected by it in a negative way? Because it sounds like the last five years has been great from, no, a, it, from a growth perspective. No, we haven't. If anything, um, you know, I'd hate to say it, but we've probably benefited from it in terms okay. of... You know, we recently moved downtown to a, just an amazing office, and that would not have been possible without, you know... Five years ago. Exactly. Prices getting squeezed. Um, and we've been able to kind of retain talent and, and show... Um, people that there's something more exciting to be part of, yes. um, and there's always there's always a group of people that are willing to, um, you know, take less payment. Let's say you know, start a smaller salary, but to to be part of of something bigger and something more interesting and more mm-hmm. unique. Um, but it, that is more challenging when you have oil and gas hiring at. Yeah, absolutely. When it becomes a year, it right out of school, exactly. A money game. From a staffing perspective, I'm just curious. Younger, older? Do you have a, Do you know off the top of your head what's the kind of average age of your team? Do you have? Is it attractive younger? If, I mean, I, I really have to. I'd have to pull it, but I would say between like 26 and 28. Like it's. I, wa- I wondered. Okay, that's yeah. that was my suspicion. Yeah. I didn't want to form a hypothesis. Well, when you start talking about purpose driven, there's an age group that really that's incredibly important to them, and, mm-hmm. they, and they will take X amount less to get X amount more of of, of heart. <laughs> yep, and I mean for um, what we've done is we focus on hiring super junior talent, okay. um, so hiring the best out of the, the classes, but they don't have the experience. We we get them really green, okay, and we kind of mold them. Oh, um, so you've built a strong ecosystem to be able to bring those people in and mentor them. Exactly. So we oh, turned something that that's was huge. A, yeah, and it was a it was we turned something that was a disadvantage. You know, a lot of tech uh, startups talk about how hard it is to find talent in Calgary. Like I've heard that many times in the show. Yeah, and and but what they're talking about is um, how hard it is to find experienced talent, right? So somebody that has five years developing apps or database clusters or whatever it is, right? Uh, but there's actually a lot of talent graduating. You know, every six months. Um, that are just, they're super green, they're super junior, but they're just waiting for an opportunity. And they're actually having a hard time finding work here because um, most of the most of the companies 
are just they just need somebody experienced now. And they're not yeah. they don't have the time to invest. They don't have the runway or we don't believe we have the runway to invest. Exactly. But the time passes anyways, but anyways. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things where we um you know, partially because I think because we're bootstrapped, because we don't have, you know, uh, a large investor with a gun to our head saying you gotta grow X amount in twelve months, we've been able to create a culture that kinda takes a little bit more time but invests into the people. Um, to get that that result. Back to being 23 and have nothing but time and enthusiasm. Exactly. <laughs> but I like what you said about that money isn't free. There's the, the money with a gun to your head changes mm-hmm. very much how you do things and can shift culture, can drive you in different directions. You start chasing short-term investor ROI versus actually the long-term vision of what you know is quote-unquote right. There's companies that have gone pull, got pulled askew by that kind of situation. Yeah, and it's one of those things where um, mm-hmm. it's both good and bad because that money can force you to have focus right? And focus can be a great thing, right? Um, but sometimes the focus comes at the expense of long-term thinking. So, um, Well, short-terminism is a real problem. Exactly. Right? And it's one of those things where um, if you, sometimes you have to, in order to build something bigger, you have to be a little bit crazier or take that bigger leap of faith that an investor might be like, hey, this isn't what I paid for. Like, right. I need you to show me a return in 18 months so that we can flip this thing. Which is what's their goals versus what are your goals? Yeah. 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 It's the infinite company versus the finite company. I think there's a Simon Sinek, one of his yeah. recent talks. Someone sent me the other day and it's been coming up. It's been referenced starting to get into the, like the, they'll get to the why that kind of circulated mm-hmm. for a long time. And that's the, you know, his, his, his new, but those are very two different mandates. It can be very competitive. So we, I, I really like, so from your perspective, you're finding great people. You're just then investing in making them, giving them the skills that you need for them to thrive in your environment. Yep, and it's one of those things where um, you there's not that many p- companies in town doing that, so you, we get to stand out and be a bit more unique, right? Um, when people are turn are, it into a value proposition, yeah, yeah, and people see it and go, okay. Um, I mean, you have to think you know, when you think about you know you, you mentioned diversification, and um, you know people go, okay, how do we get ta- how do we get tech companies in Calgary, right? And then, then the or how do we get more things to grow. And How do we get more of something different? It's kind of what the theme is, right? Yeah. And what they, you know, the first thing they go to is say, okay, tax cuts or tax breaks or whatever it is kind of thing, right? Um, the reality is that if you look at, say you're, you're top of your class, you're graduating, you're really smart, you, you know, machine learning or data science or whatever it is, right? Um, you're going to look at, okay, where, and you're willing to move, right? You're going to look at, you know, New York and San Francisco and some of those world-class cities, right? And, it's not, they're not places that are necessarily like cheap to live or have low taxes or anything like no, that. No, I'd say it's the exact opposite, actually. Yeah, yeah. they're just these amazing kind of gravity wells of people and ideas and, and, and culture and things to do and things like that, right? So I think that as we grow Calgary and we try to diversify Calgary, we got to think more than just how do I get X company to come in or things like that. You really right. have to go how do, you know, tech follows talent. And it's it's not the other way around. Oh, right? interesting. Okay, oh, that's a cool perspective. So you have all this this STEM talent in Calgary. You really do because of the history of engineering and and, yes. and all that. So how do we get the talent to stay here? And if you get the talent to stay here, the tech will come here. Um, and, but in order for the, te- the the talent to stay here, obviously there needs to be jobs. That's a, that's a big thing, right? It's a bit of a chicken before the egg, right? Yes, cart horse and all those. So in the last five years, have you seen, like, obviously you're involved, you're heavily involved in the community, you're involved with the education community for sure, obviously. What have you seen? What, like, the question always, what are we doing well? What can we do better specifically in that? Have you seen some things that you go, may shake your head or nod your head? <laughs> 
I think that the biggest thing we've that I've seen change, which is uh, wonderful, is the change of conversation. So people are talking about it, like this podcast, and so many others are making you know, are really taking it seriously and saying we need to um, create a conversation around changing things. Right? That's you know step one. Right? Yes. Um, what hasn't? I mean, the, the politics um, have been a little bit frustrating in terms of if you're if you're a company and forty percent of your revenue came from one client. You'd you'd be in panic mode. You'd be like, okay, like this. Well, it's is like a- every bad case study we've all read. <laughs> exactly. This is a problem. This is a problem. We really, need, you know, you you tell your grenade is going to go off sooner or later. <laughs> you tell your sales managers, okay, like find other clients. Obviously, treat this one well, but this is a a we want to turn this into a short term problem, right? Yes. Mm. Um, but from a province, we're too quick to just. I mean, we have that forty percent problem, which is yes, um, energy, right? And it's not that energy is bad. It's 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 just that it it if you just keep doubling down on that one client and there are factors that are, you know, international factors that are just kind of shrinking this industry slowly from a, if you look at it from a business perspective, you're going like, you're not managing your risk. Well, Um, and we've proven over the years that, you know, take the change of the global changes aside. It's a client that we've all had clients. They spend and they don't spend, they go away and they come back. They're still a client, but they're spending less right now. It's that client's been proven to be that way. So, you know, (laughs) yeah. And, and what's, when we talk about the conversation about tech and diversification, what's interesting is that tech isn't one thing. Tech just means that it's, it's a whole wide range of companies that are putting tech at the forefront to deliver their service or product. So that could be, you know, insurance, it could be agriculture, it could be babysitting, it doesn't matter, but so... And it, it literally is all those things. Yeah, yes. and, and what it does is that it, um, it, those are very, very diversified, right? So it's like, if, if you're servicing primarily, say, energy, yeah, those tech companies are going to suffer, but the other ones that are servicing something completely different, like dentists in California, they're doing just fine, right? So the reason why you're going to bring tech in is because it becomes a very, very diversified group of companies that are much more able to uh, taking the blows from like kind of local or national economic changes. Right. Well, it's it, a more balanced, not having your eggs in one basket. There's a million, there's a million yeah. sayings to go with it. So curious, your experience working specifically in the financial sector, which I don't know, arguably was an industry maybe slow to change, but a few years ago, any things you've seen, because, or would you, you know, Oh, oil and gas is slow to change and they haven't had to, they've been profitable, those kind of things. The banking sector, depending on different people I've talked to, they're like, yeah, they didn't want to change 15 years ago either. <laughs> they were being forced because the customers started to demand different things. I don't know. Any lessons or thoughts or kind of feelings? Uh, they still of- don't want to change. Okay, okay. <laughs> You're shaking your head as I'm yeah. talking. You're like, no, Tyler, no. Um, so, I mean, the, the Canadian banks are, when we started this 12 years ago, um, you know, in order to, to process Visa MasterCards, you need to find a bank in the background. Yes. You, know, it, you can't get around it. You have to have banks that are moving money. And um, no Canadian bank. I mean, you know, twenty three years old. No, you know, nobody wants. Are to you talk. saying they didn't take you seriously? Yeah. What? <laughs> A legit they, guy from Montreal, like they, yourself. Yeah, they, they barely picked up the phone. So um, the so we end up partnering with a U.S. bank, and that's still today um, our 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 best and largest partner. Um, and you know, the, we're going through some big transformations right now uh, that everyone's going to see in the in the spring. And that's still through that partnership because there's still this attitude uh, in the U.S. of, you know, I like you, you have a vision, let's do business, let's try it, let's take that risk, okay. right? Um, versus Canada is, is uh, when it comes to some of these old school industries like telecommunication and banking, like it's it's a monopoly. Or, and it's just easier for them to say no. 
Yeah, exactly. And so there's no incentive. So um, even you know some of the the you look at some of the everything from Shopify to Stripe and Square and things like that. They're all backed by U.S. banks, not Canadian ones. Mm-hmm. So what the Canadian ones are doing is that I mean they're buying little startups that that um, I think they're doing it as a anti-competitive trying to edging themselves, right? Rather than lean in and partner with them, we're just going to, and then tuck them aside. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, okay. I, I could complain about it, but the reality is that, you know, sometimes as we're, we're doing all these these big uh, backhand banking integrations, and we're like, wow, these systems are so bad, and they're so old, and, you know, it's just a nightmare, right? But I remind I remind the team, it's like, no, we kind of want them to be terrible, because then there's a reason for companies like us to exist. Uh, it, it creates the white space for you guys. Huh? Exactly. So, yeah. you know, you know Moneris or... or, or you know, BMO or RBC or whoever, you know, they can keep being terrible because it will allow it just, us. To- literally, just that's your that's your sales initiative, yeah. right? It just drives drives customers <laughs> right to your door. Mm. So if they figured out all their stuff tomorrow, then it'd be harder for companies like us to to thrive. But they don't seem you in speak the rush. like you speak and and you and you uh, you glint like a, like a true entrepreneur when you talk <laughs> when you talk about that. Well, find the unmet need, right? And then, exactly. And then get in there and and just keep learning as much as you can about mm-hmm. it. So, are you from a Calgary perspective? Then, what do you think? Like, what are we doing wrong? Like, we're talking a lot about mindset. Do you see anything tangible or anything? And that sounds a little bit negative. Maybe what what could we be doing better if I want to flip it a little bit? But what's going on out there that you're like, you know what? I see that as a bit of a roadblock. I think that's actually holding us back. Um, this focus, especially from, um, you know, we have a good relationship with Calgary Economic Development and City Hall and things like that. But this kind of focus on this continued focus of like, we are going to find a company that will come in you know, from the south of the border and and save us is not how these things are going to work. Um, you know the mind. You know the the, the the thought that that you know Jeff Bezos was going to spend half of his time in Calgary is laughable. Um, and I, I, I love never this. heard it, I never heard it put quite that way. But yeah, that <laughs> but sounds. I mean I, lo- I love this city and I love living here and it's home and 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 I think the quality of life and everything is amazing and and we you know I'm committed to to, to growing the business here. Um, but we really have to to change this mindset of some some of these couple big companies are kind of come into town. Create all these jobs, save us. We're done. Change, right? change our stars. Yeah, and, do, and, do it. Do it. Quote unquote for us. Exactly. And I think what what yeah, the reason perspective and the, the the reason that politicians are keep going to that is because I mean they think in in three year term and four year terms and things like that, right? That model is baked to th- to operate that way. It's part of what makes it problematic, in my opinion. Exactly. Short term and like we're talking about short term versus long term. And what they need to do, and what what needs to change, you know, to answer your question, is um, we need to th- realize that this is going to be uh, a ten. 15, 20 year solution. Um, that doesn't mean that like there's no benefit until year 20. It's it's going to be a whole adventure, you know, and, and lots of people are going to succeed and fail and things yes. are going to grow in the process. But we're going to look back on this, you know, 20 years from now and be like, wow, we changed this city. We're not going to look back on the two years from now going like everything is fixed. It just doesn't work that way, right? So you need to invest in tons and tons of small companies. Um, I, th- I know somebody else on your podcast said, you know, we, we should invest in 50 startups. We need to invest in, you know, 50,000 startups, something like that. But that's the mindset, but that takes time. And a different, and, and a willingness to get it wrong. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like you talked about, I, you know, I heard, I've had a couple of guests. One, you kind of laid it out for me. said, Tyler, if you think about Calgary, think about the oil and gas sector, it's a very anti-failure environment. Mm-hmm. Large capital intensive projects, Test and learn means we lose money or somebody actually dies. Like this is serious. But you come in with technology and it's all about test and learn. He goes, they're just just two very opposing mindsets. I thought it gave me a good, it gave me appreciation. Go, okay, that's not going to change overnight. Mm-hmm. And if if I could change one thing, if I could you know uh, wave a, a, a wand and yep. and have something happen in Calgary, 
is you have this amount, immense amount of wealth in Calgary just sitting there, and then you have all these super young, driven, you know, STEM talent. Um, and if the two of them could get together, and the mindset could change of even you know the Calgary um, OSIF Economic. Yep. The diversification yeah. fund, right? Opportunity um, Calgary Investment Fund. Yes, yes. I've read it a couple yeah. times to get it in my head. So yes, got it. So um, I mean, work. They're, they're still focused on trying to find these thousand-person employment companies, yes. right? And it, it's not going to happen, right? I mean, I think the better the better investment from a not from a two-year investment, from a you know ten twenty-year investment would be like break up that thing into fifty thousand dollar chunks. And invest into. I'm mean, gonna have to do math on the spot here, but five hundred or a thousand, whatever that yes. works out. Um, companies. You mean m- more than seven? More, exactly. It's more than seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's what you need to do, right? And so um, even the the so going back to all this, this wealth that's in that city, um, you have all these immensely rich families and entrepreneurs and stuff that have, have done so well. Have done incredibly well in in the energy space. Yeah. And and what this city needs is a whole lot more of seed capital. So we can talk about, you know, Series A, Series B and stuff. There's so much private equity and stuff out there that, that right. ends up, it does come at some point. What it really, what the city really needs is people writing $50,000, $100,000 checks. Almost going back to the scrappy small business mindset of yep. like, just give me enough money to get like all, yeah. so, you know, and I'm, and then you've got skin in the game and everybody's invested and you light 10 fuses, not one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And when you write a $100,000 check to, you know, three, three, um, grads, you know, women or men that are just graduating, yep. right? That's going to pay for like 18 months of computers, food, um, you know, a bad apartment, and but just, they're just going to, you know, iterate through those ideas until they have hopefully something that works, right? And like those, do- those seed dollars go a long way. They're not wasting it on beanbag chairs and, and you know, it's fancy going, offices. Yeah. It is. It is going to just. It's going purely to a sweat equity. Like it's. It's going really to just them grinding it out and trying to find something that works. So interesting. I've been listening to uh, the Hustle podcast mm-hmm. and guys interviewing guys that had their big exits, but these were all guys that were in the Silicon Valley scene back in the two, early two thousands, mid two thousands. And they. And the one guy was chatting today. He said, "You know, like." we all knew each other because we all just invested in each other's because it was, there was a, just a spirit of like, well, yeah, I got some money here. You seem like you're doing a cool thing. I don't even know what you're going to do, but here's some money. And because we all were invested in each other and it just became this ecosystem of like, Oh, you need service space. Don't worry. Use mine. It's okay. And he goes, that swell is what created so much of that wealth that came out of that area. And I was, it was a real, I just never heard him put it that way of like, man, we were all just in it. We we're just a bunch of guys having beers together and we we're all doing these things and everyone, you get a little bit of money, you just give it to your buddy because he's doing a cool thing. It's a very different mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and it's, but if you look at it, there's that 20 year time, span, like yeah, time yes. frame, right? So Yeah, that was back in the early 2000s, late 90s. Exactly, and now you're seeing all the fruits of that kind of um, explode in, in But in we California. look at the end result and we just want to get there. <laughs> Fast. And it doesn't <laughs> how work about, that way. How about, how about, yeah, how about, how about right now? So you touched on it a little bit and something I like to also, if we're going to build our dashboard, our Calgary's doing well dashboard and we've got our 10-year gauges and we've got our now gauges. What would you put on the list? What would be the things that you look out there and say, yeah, okay, we're moving in the right direction. We're checking off some. We're in the green. So on the, here, here's the, the, Positive ones and the negative ones. So on the negative ones, I would say um, if every time the price of oil moves and all the headlines and all the newspapers you know, freak out and the, the pitch force come out, um, we're not doing well. And I mean, there's a headline this morning about just that, right? That's a, that's an interesting one because you're right. The se- the, the sentiment of uh, yeah. is, is a big indicator. When when the city stops caring so much, we're like you know 
oil tanks, but you don't see it as a headline, okay, something has changed, right? So I'm I was waiting. in Toronto last week and no one talked about the tech mine yep. decision. Not exactly. One, not one person. <laughs> exactly, right? That's a little bit different, I know, than just the price of oil, but it, you go back east, it's a very different dialogue. Because hmm. there's, there's so much of different, there's not yeah. one thing driving, uh, driving, you know, waking up everyone in the morning going like, oh, is it okay or is it not okay, right? Yes. Everybody has different interests. Am I going to be in a good mood today or not? <laughs> exactly. And then, so on the, but on the positive side, I think where you're really going to see that, uh, diversification and tech ecosystems start taking shape is when people, when you're seeing not, you know, people point to like when you see, you know, say our companies, if Helsinki becomes 500 employees or a thousand employees and mm-hmm. things like that, I would say, no, I think where you start seeing a success is when employees of those companies start their own things and employees of those companies start their own things. When you're seeing those layers, that's when your ecosystem is becoming a real thing. So I was going to absolutely ask you that question. Like if you, cause you bring in new grads, they're excited. You, you mm-hmm. train them up, they'll stay, but they'll also get pretty inspired. And now they've mm-hmm. got the tools to go do their own thing. Have you yeah. had that start to happen yet? Um, a it's a double edged sword as it, a business a little, owner. Yeah. I know. A little bit. Fortunately, um, I mean, we're still, because like w- w- the time frame of us, you know, having only two staff five years ago and now, so like most of our bulk of our hiring has been the past two years. Right. Um, so we've really kind of created an environment that I hope um, has has incentivized and, and keeps people helping us build this dream for a little bit. But I know it's going to to start happening more and more. Yeah, the bulk and, of your team is going to be in like two to three year marks. So they're right in the sweet spot, right? Exactly. Now, where they're like, they've learned and they're now moving the needle and doing big things. Exactly. And But but that will change. And I'm excited for it. I mean, obviously you don't want to lose great talent and things like that. But um, when that does happen, then um, hopefully, you know, my reaction as an entrepreneur is just like, awesome, good for you, you know, you know, hit me up for coffee when you hit a wall and you want to talk more. Kind of thing. Yeah. So. You almost have no choice. You know, you've got yeah. to be excited for people. And it's going to happen. It, so either you're going to do it gracefully or you're going to be a dick. We're probably going to see yeah. other people and how, whether we stay friends <laughs> in the future, if you still invite me over for Christmas dinner, it's going to, well, yeah. But it's such a, again, scarcity versus abundance mindset. When someone's moving on to doing something that admittedly you as a business owner go, that's pretty cool. I'm going to miss mm-hmm. you, but I can't, I get it. Yeah. Because, you know, as entrepreneurs, I'm the one person that 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 really shouldn't be faulting you for it, right? So. Let me let me support you. Let me help you because you will it will come back around. Mm-hmm. The, the, the karma wheel is 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 very real. That's interesting. I really appreciate that. Like that is a litmus because you know headcount is so easy. Oh, when you're 500, then we're, then that's when things are going well. No, when it starts to almost like the, it sheds its leaves and then starts growing shoots everywhere else. That's where you start to get more of a of a, of a base. Because even if those businesses, those small startups, though aren't successful i mean even from an economic standpoint they're still um they're still investing local they're still going to memory express and buying that computer yes. they're still paying their rent they're still going to that corner store and and buying food for lunch right so even if that if, you know that's kind of the argument for like having 50,000 startups is that there's still this big economic spent going right back into they have to eat they have to buy stuff they have to buy gear they have to like bring people in to clean the office like there is that trickle down effect and you know so many industries have the one dollar invested here equals how much into the community but i'm sure there's some interesting numbers around that yeah if if you look at uh the like the the gdp of things i think these numbers are based on the united states but it's something like um 50 of the gdp is companies under 100 people and and something like 97 percent is companies under 500 people, right? So it's kind of like small business really drives things. We we tend to focus on the Microsofts and the Apple. because it's big and it's sexy. Exactly. But that's not what actually, I mean, they have they can have a huge impact um, and they have the deep pockets to make these big changes. But in terms of like, you know, keeping keeping the bills paid, keeping the, the yeah. you know, economy going, it's the little guys 
um, that are doing that. I pulled some stats the other day, a couple months ago, but it was, I looked at medium size, like, first of all, what, SMB, it's such a loose yeah. term. What do you yeah. define? And they had the 99 to 499. And in Alberta, there were 3,600 companies between 99 and 499. And Ontario, there was almost like 8,400. It yeah. was just an interesting number. And then the number below that was astronomical. And then the number like 10 or less was, it, it's, but we don't talk about it, but it's such a driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and once again, they, they pay their bills, they eat food, they, they, you know, have a car and, you know, so, so it's, it's all driving. You don't have to work at, um, you know, Suncor to have an impact on Calgary's economy. Right. Or to, or to live a good life. Exactly. Well. Or, to, yep. or to be able to afford that, like the lifestyle, because life costs a certain amount. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. There's a certain point. Any perspectives on the role the government's been playing recently? I know there's been some talk around budgets, specifically some of the cuts to the incentives for that, people in the tech space have said, hey, that directly impact us. Like, you're giving us tax cuts, but we're not revenue positive, so it doesn't matter. Where's the incentives? Anything, did that impact you or do you have any perspective on that? Yeah, I mean, we, we're fortunate that we're profitable, but we know that we've, we've, we have friends that have been unpacting more with, you know, getting rid of, there's, there's some things that are just stupid. I mean, that, there's no other way to call it, but like... <laughs> I love having a good Montreal on the show. Let me just tell you this is bullshit. So, I mean, getting rid of Shred um, in Alberta is just like, you're the only province, you know, Shred is 70, so, so for, you know, if you don't know, so Shred is is um, government, government gives you back some uh, tax credits if you invest in scientific research, experimental development. So if you're trying to kind of reverse engineering how Google does their data centers or whatever That's it is kind of thing, right? Um, so they'll give you, because you have to build all this IP in Canada, but it, it, it's this investment and it's hard and it's easier to just pay Google to just do it. But you're like, no, we have to build that in-house. Um, so the federal government pays 70% of that um, and the province... Uh, contribute thirty percent, and every province does. Shred is a huge thing. It shred is even a huge. Shred's thing. been around for. I did a shred with some online stuff I did maybe like fifteen years ago, twenty yeah, years it's ago. Been and around it worked. For a long and it wasn't. Time. It wasn't that hard. And like, it's yeah, not it just tech well. that benefits from it. I mean, the biggest recipients of shred in Alberta is, is CNRL. So I mean, it's it's it, you know Canon National yep, Resource. Yes. So so it's it's one of those things where. Um, it benefits everyone. It just means that we're investing into tech and science and, and research, right? And the Alberta government decided, nope, that's, we're going to be the only province we're just going to yank that 30% here. And it's just like, you're not... You're, it's, it's, once again, an analogy of like, we have this problem. We have this one client that pays for 40% of our revenue. Okay, let's take the budgets away from all the other you know, I don't know, sales reps that are trying to get other yeah. clients and diversify. And let's double it down on this 40% client. And you're just like, it's just, it's just, it's, it's not very smart. And I appreciate budget sensitivities and that we need to be, but where and how. And mm-hmm. I know there's complexity behind those decisions, but some of them don't feel like they line up with that 10-year that ten year goal. Yeah. They, they're, they're, um, not, and, not at all, actually. <laughs> and if you think about, you know, back to that, that uh, topic, if you look at, you know, people always, you know, we bring up China. China's going to eat our lunch. They're, they're, they're this giant economy that's going to impact everything, right? The one thing, I mean, there's, there's lots of horrible things about that government and, and you know. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast up, for another right. day. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the one thing that they do well is they think in 20-year terms. And we're stuck, both in Canada and the United States, we're stuck with governments that think in like two-year terms, four-year terms. And it's really hard to... So, I mean, businesses, fortunately, a lot of businesses will put themselves in a longer-term mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's that kind of that finite versus infinite game. I want to stay in it. I wanted this business to to be a generational business. 
Um, but you're you're the you have this government that you almost have to start ignoring the noise because you're just like okay you're you're making terrible decisions you'll be out soon and somebody else will come in and oh you need to filter it for sure because yeah. it can really kind of pull you off you don't you don't want to be your your day can't be influenced by sound bites or you're mm-hmm. in trouble mm-hmm. yep because they're usually crappy <laughs> yeah and it's, you just start getting dragged into it where um you you become part of they, I mean they want you to be part of that narrative and that that anger and whatever it is and it's just like okay let's let's get fired up get, yeah. yeah yeah get distracted focus on me focus this over here no yeah. don't look at what's really important look over anyway that's another yeah. again we're going down the rabbit hole um lots of good things in calgary startup platform cd the any you've had really good, uh, any that you work with or that you partner with or any that you've seen that have really, that people need to be more aware of? Is there, there's so many initiatives in Calgary. I find, every time I'm on the show, I hear about something that I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> so anything you want to call out or share for people that are listening? Um, I, for us, I think one of the, the best, one of the best partnerships we've actually made was with SAIT. Um, okay. it's, I mean, for, you know, obviously in order to, grow a tech company you need to find great talent and we found that some of the best talent came from that school so we we really invest a lot into that relationship and it's that's great to hear i think that's so important to have the academia and private sector kind of tight together and it's yeah. huge and it's it's benefits so, everybody because the students want to go like they're going there to for the future right <laughs> it becomes this kind of self-fulfilling prophecy because you're you're talking to students more you're doing more safe events they're hearing more about you so the most driven students the more passionate students are, are coming to you and it just and then you have this, um, you know, back uh, there's uh, Ben Hurwitz in uh, his book, uh, Hard Thing About Hard Things. He talks about, you know, the, the, what you should be focusing on in order is people, products, and profit. So get the best people. They're going to help you build the best product, which is going to drive your profits, right? So uh, we've really put a focus on that. And, and that relationship with SAIT has really helped that because that's where we feel that some of the best talent is. Have you been able to get into the weeds of that? Have you been able to help and influence in some of the curriculum and what saying, Hey, this is what we really see the gap is. Let's work together to really construct like the perfect ecosystem for this individual to go from school right into the workforce. Yeah. They've been, they've been very open to those conversations. I've heard good, um, you're not the first person who's yeah. brought up SAID in that way. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and once again, you know, just going back to politics for two seconds. But you know, the headline a couple of days ago, where they're 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 forced through the budget cuts, they're forced to cut to another two hundred thirty staff and stuff. And it's kind of like, come on, like just you're 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 kind of creating that self fulfilling prophecy of like, you, if you just start cutting everywhere, and then looking back in two years and be like, well. That didn't solve it. And it's like, yeah, what do you think was going to happen? But no, to answer your short, question. Short term, we're just yeah. going to save the, yeah, we're going to fo- focus on the balance sheet or the PL right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so SATE has been, um, SATE has been super open. They've been a great partner. They've done, they've even done stuff like introductions to, um, we've we've met some some great people in the city and city hall and things like that through our, our state relationship. So it sounds like you guys are very integrated with the community as well. We try to be. I think it's yeah. one of those things where um, we certainly weren't two years ago. Um, it was very much this mindset of like in the cave, building the business, keep your head down. Um, ironically, even for me on a personal level, I felt that the business wasn't, if you focus too much on the, um, you know, the kind of the, the digital media, um, or media that talks about, uh, tech businesses, whether that's, you know, um, tech crunch or beta kit or tech vibes or things like that. Um, you, it's kind of like I compare it to when you're, you know, you're growing up and, you know, with, you see these kind of beautiful people in magazines, right? And it increases an unhealthy expectation of what beauty is, right? And I feel that uh, 
tech news can be similar to that. Where oh, that's interesting. I've never heard it laid out that way, but of course. <laughs> so it's like you see, you know, these amazing <laughs> VC rounds and all these employees and these beautiful offices and things like that. So um, I was very much building this business kind of in a cave and just keeping my head down. And part of it was kind of like a a shame of like, oh, it's not it's not big enough yet. It's not. It's not. I'm not pretty enough. Exactly. I'm not, yeah, like no, I, that's a real I, I thing as an entrepreneur. And as you know, I haven't. And so when I started about two years ago, I kind of kind of started coming out of the cave and and starting to get more involved in the ecosystem because I haven't I haven't been part of it in so long. Um, and I'm like, oh, first of all, there was a realization. It was like, oh wow, we're actually a pretty big fish in Calgary. Um, but it. The just get you finally get to meet everyone and realize like no no it's okay to share it's okay to have a, a crappy office it's okay to um, you know not have met your goals yet and things like that so um, it, that was a learning experience. I appreciate your honesty because as an entrepreneur that can be a very lonely little like the never good enough syndrome mm-hmm. and all it does is kind of hold you back because it does you don't meet the people that can say oh hey let me help you and, and carry it we talked about this offline Calgary is a very much like we can be successful together city I think it's mm-hmm. one of its core value props that you don't get in Montreal and Toronto it's different. no there's I mean maybe because there hasn't been that much established um, you know even even the wealth that's already in the city is fairly new right so you go it's it is a new wealth city compared yeah. to you and I grew, grew up back east very different yeah right? I mean you have the you have the Molson families you have all these kind of old generational yeah yeah totally. So I think that Calgary, I compare it to a, uh, I think that Calgary is the closest thing to a Mars colony. So you have this. All I right, mean, this is the new one. All right, we're, yeah. let's go down this road. So <laughs> it's not, um, it's not just, you know, a comment on the temperature. Um, the, you have this uh, kind of frontier mindset of like, there is nothing, la- there's no- nothing here. Let's build something together. And I think that's why there's all this collaboration and why the the um, the ecosystem is is even though it's small, it's so willing to to collaborate and talk. It, and it's very like that. supportive of itself. Yeah, absolutely. Because it very much has this frontier mindset of like we can build something here. Like there is nothing here. Let's do it together. Um, and you don't find that in many cities. No, and it was one of the first things that blew me away here. I was just like, this is not what like that entrepreneurial or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, that we can get it done together. And, oh, hey, I know somebody that can help you mm-hmm. and you can work here. And if you can provide value, this city will open doors all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it will. And it's one of those things where you don't, um, it's, you really hope that it doesn't, I feel like it's losing a little bit of that with the current narrative and, and I think we can get right back to it. So it's not a, a lost cause, but it's exactly why I started this podcast. Yeah. I'm like, let's tell positive, like, let's be real, but let's talk about the positive cause it's here. It's not, it's not going to go away. I'm, I'm in for the long haul on this one. And, and it's because people are willing to help. People are willing to jump in. People are willing to invest and, um, we can't, if we, if we lose that or forget that, then we'll be in trouble. But if we can kind of keep that that spirit um and well, i think we're, we're kind of being tested right now a little bit yeah right? we are and um i think i think we'll persevere obviously we have to, to absolutely to believe it um, i don't think it's an option like really like that like oh we're gonna we're gonna bail i'm gonna take my toys and go home no 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 <laughs> i'm in i'm here i'm bought in i think there's a lot of people again that's why i did the show and it, every week it leaves me inspired with the things that are actually going on that maybe don't always make the headlines mm. Yep, and um, so I think it's 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 podcasts like this and all this the different things that are happening are going to help create that that swell that we need, right? And just change that narrative. Yes. So on that on that note, 
words of wisdom, thoughts, things you want to share. You're, someone's listening. They're maybe in that early days of a startup. They're you know they're out of it work or they're just not being fulfilled in where they are. What would you? They're sitting across from you. What would you say? What would you? What would you share with? You've got the audience. You've got the ears. Right the now. Audience. So what, what would you share? Um, I mean, perseverance is really. Um, you won't keep hitting your head against a wall. You might get a little bloody, but like, um, you you don't have to. That's been my realization so far is that you don't necessarily have to be the the smartest person in the room or the the most connected or most it's just that if like the one commonality with success is perseverance so um, it will take longer i mean back to that whole kind of glamorization of entrepreneurship and tech and things like that it will take three times as long as you as you think the success won't be as big as you think right away but if you just keep at it, it will happen. And that moment you think you just can't go on, it's usually right around the corner. And those are all cliche quotes, but it's so true. Yeah. You look back and you go, oh man, I'm glad I didn't, I'm glad I didn't pull the pin that day. Yeah. And when you're, you know, Calgary did have it easy for a while. Like money literally ran down the street. You could just kind of stick your hand out. Yep. That's not like that, but that, I don't think that wasn't really realistic for anywhere else I've ever lived. <laughs> no. And, and, and that's, I think that's the biggest, you know, change that's going on right now is that, uh, Things got real. Things, you know, things are, are getting harder. Shit, shit got real. <laughs> yeah, and 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 things are getting harder. And um, we have it in us to do it. It's just that you're getting this kind of like spasm reaction of like, whoa, what? I, I, you mean when I graduate, I don't get a hundred k, and I can watch YouTube videos all day? What do you mean? And yeah. like, it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> that's well, a real thing. Yeah, and and it's it's one of those things where it's kind of like, so you're gonna get that that reaction from like, oh, I wish the good old times were here, but. Uh, the the romantic over romanticized good old days yeah and, and and they were good in Calgary though they were pretty good mm-hmm. they were, but I mean it's it's they, there was periods of that right and there's periods of of um, great turmoil and you just kind of like pick yourself up and and uh, the city got it done and now it's up for our generation to go like no 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 things are tough but we take the harder path and we think longer term and we will turn this thing around. I was talking with a gentleman yesterday, Peter McCoffin. He's a leadership coach and just a guy that's just been there and done it all. And he said, Tyler, the people we hold in the highest regard, when you dig in, it's usually the people that have been through the the, the hardest adversity. Mm -hmm. And when they shine on the other side, they shine 10 times brighter than they did before. And when you talk about those those role models we look to, if you dig in, there was severe adversity somewhere along the path that then produced this, you know, that pressure that, you know, forged forged through adversity is the way he called it. And I think that's, this is our, we're in it right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. And and it will be better on the other side. Yes, I guess. when we those headlines, you know, when we don't stress about those headlines. I love morning. that indicator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so once we're once we, we once that indicator goes away and we're 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 focused on other things, I think we'll all be in a better place. And it's it. just one of the headlines. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, not not the headline that's on every news feed and then on everybody's uh, social media feed. Yeah. Uh, what's the best way to uh, What's the best way to get hold? It sounds like you've, especially the last couple of years, have started putting yourself out more in the community. So, yep. is there a way if somebody wants to reach out, either a coffee, they're inspired, they want to come work for you guys? What's the What's the path they should take? Um, I mean, obviously, for our business, uh, for our services, it's uh, Halsum.com, H-E-L-C-I-M. And for uh, for myself, I mean, I'm uh, LinkedIn is is the easiest way. So, if, I mean, I'm always open for conversations, and um, it is part of that ecosystem of, of yes. I think a- LinkedIn, as far as it's kind of the one social media feed that I don't think has kind of jumped the you know into the world of like it's still yeah. maintained a level of integrity, a professional like a professional tool in the city. It is a great way to connect with people in Calgary. Yeah, like, and and everybody's um, on the people that are that are in the in the in the swell of what's going on here. They're on there, and they you they'll talk to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I made a commitment to just accept those invitations and and read those messages and and respond. So. 
Perfect. So I'll challenge the audience. We'll definitely put a link to your, <laughs> to your uh, put a link to your LinkedIn. But it goes. Thanks so much for your candor today. Your insights. Good to have a fellow fellow Montrealer, even though we both left many years ago. I really appreciate uh, how much your energy you're putting into our city and what you're willing to share today. Thank you. And thanks for doing this and having me. My pleasure.